Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. So in terms of building through the draft, I think what's key is, one, knowing what scheme you're running and finding players that fit. That's first and foremost. I think a lot of players get missed if you bring someone in. If I bring someone in going against what we're running, well, then it's not tied together, and that's hard to fit. Um, the types of players, in terms of their background, what they're about, how passionate they are about football is important, too. That's the other place where you know, misses can happen in terms of do they love football? Because this is hard. This is really hard. Being a player is very hard. And you got to love it to get up in the morning and want to be the best you can be. Um, and then the piece I hit on earlier in terms of valuation, you got to be able to prioritize certain positions because of supply and demand and place them on the board where you can get them. And I think that's the other important part. The voice of Bears general manager, Ryan Poles, describing the philosophy that they will have going into things. A lot of it about effort, about intensity, about love for the game and that can be very difficult to quantify amongst a, a number of things I've discussed this evening. It can be difficult to quantify, but maybe it's one of those you know it when you see it situations as part of what's going on between the, the all-star games that are taking place right now that will lead into the combine and pro days and leading up to draft weekend, everything that these teams are doing to try and evaluate the best prospects available for this upcoming NFL draft. And, as always, man who's been at this for a number of years down there in Mobile on the beat, taking it all in at the Senior Bowl is our guy Eric at home of Yahoo Sports. You can always find Eric on Twitter doing his thing at Eric underscore at home. E, what's happening, man? Hey, my man, what's going on? I'm, I'm sitting in my rental car right now because it's been raining in Mobile for about the last 18 hours now, so I'm... <laughs> I'm doing the show from in here. I hope that's all right, man. No, no problem at all. We just heard Bears general manager Ryan Poles talking about the love of the games. I mean, you know, set the scene for us. What what are these prospects down there going through to prove their love? All right, well, this is a good one. This has a a Ryan Poles tie-in of sorts. Not really, but kind of, you know. Uh, One of the players, and when I say it's raining, I'm not talking about a torrential downpour, but it's been steady all day long, really bad conditions, not ideal for judging, you know, guys' movement skills and things like that, just their ability. But, you know, there's some guys who are able to fight through it. And one guy who, who seemed to relish the rain 
was Zion Johnson, who's a Boston College offensive lineman. So there's the tie into Ryan Poles right there. And, mm. you know, similar kind of a makeup, too, like an undersized guy who played tackle and uh, uh, is doing really well for himself down here. He's played some center, which, you know, he's still learning how to snap and things like that. But after practice, and he was out there working on his his snapping I mean, it's raining. Most guys are heading for the locker room trying to get those dry socks on or whatever. But, uh, you know, he's out there spending extra time. And so, look, I don't know if interior offensive line is the Bears' top need. I don't know if it is or not. But uh, that's certainly a a name that Bears fans want to maybe get familiar with for a pretty good player in, in Zion Johnson. Yeah, definitely like the sounds of that. See about beefing up, boning up that offensive line, if plausible. Sure. Uh, who's who's a, a true standout performer? Whether even you know Bears aren't going to draft a quarterback, certainly not anytime early, at least with their limited draft capital. Yeah. But is there someone who's really been standing out early in the week? Yeah, I mean, just just to touch on the quarterbacks briefly, Malik Willis from uh, Liberty had a really strong day today. Kenny Pickett, who you know, those two guys may you know maybe in the running for QB one honors. Both have looked really good down here. Uh, Willis was better today than yesterday, but. Overall, I would say the strongest position is the defensive line. Uh, I mean, the the pass rush talent down here is really impressive. Um, you know, I, I just think that there there are enough. That's probably the position that's most loaded. Offensive tackle is also pretty strong, but I got to say, just looking at the the team drills and the one on ones, pass rush stuff, the D lines have more often than not gotten the better of the offensive line. So. You know, the two Penn State kids, uh, uh, Jesse Lukita and, and uh, uh, Abidike, uh I thought yeah, looked Arnold really Abiketti. good today. Yeah, Arnold Abiketti. Um, uh You know, the South Carolina kid, uh, Kingsley Angabare, thought really had a nice day today. Uh, Jeremiah Johnson from uh, 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 Florida State, I think, has worked his way into the top 20 discussion. He's really had a, a strong uh week so far overall it's it's been pretty impressive there was even a kid from missouri state named eric johnson that really flashed today big kid travis jones from yukon a big d tackle i mean those are kind of the big standouts at that position which i think is probably deepest down here Uh, i'm glad you went there to to positions of depth because i'm you know like i watched Aiden Hutchinson from Michigan, their their edge yeah. rusher, so closely over the last couple of seasons, and he's been a guy who's worked himself into that potential number one overall pick discussion. But frankly, I'm not I'm not sure in a lot of other seasons if if he's that like quite that level of prospect, you know, like one of the yep. Bolsa brothers or Chase Young. Like I I don't know how he'll test for sure, but I I don't know that he's that off the charts in in that vein. I'm wondering if. If this season at the top end of the draft, how is it viewed by comparison to other years? Are there some kind of elite blue chip prospects expected to go in the top five to ten? Or is it is it a little bit of a down year in that regard at the top end of the draft? I think you're absolutely spot on. I mean, look, from a Bears perspective, if you're ever going to give up a, a top ten pick, this is probably the year to do it. Uh, and, mm. you know, whether Ryan Pace had the and his staff had the foresight to know that this was going to be a down draft, it's really tricky to know a year out. But you you have maybe some idea, especially with the quarterbacks. I mean, there's at least a, you know, a foggy picture of what the next class could look like. And, you know, if they had that kind of a vision, that's impressive because it's it's not the kind of draft, I think, where 
a top 10 pick is going to feel like a typical top 10 pick in most cases. You know, nothing against Hutchinson or Kayvon Thibodeau, a guy I know you've seen up close at times. And, you know, Evan Neal, the big tackle out of Alabama. You know, Ika McWanu, another guy at NC State, who I think is going to go really high. In other years, maybe they're on the back end of the top 10. This year, they're vying for top five picks. You know, the guys we would normally see at 8, 9, 10 you know, might be going up a little higher. The guys we normally would see at 15 might be top 10 picks. So I think you're spot on on that evaluation. And, and you know, maybe Hutchinson's a Chris Long type of player as opposed to, like you said, a Bosa or, or a Chase Young or a, a Miles Garrett or somebody like that. Yeah, yeah, I like that comp. And it's, you know, quality NFL player, but, you know, top five pick, maybe not in all years. Right. Uh, Eric at home of Yahoo Sports with me here on the Circle Resort and Casino in Las Vegas hotline, home of the world's largest sports book. Uh, I'm wondering, E, because the the Bears have, you know, they got the second-round pick, third-round pick, a couple of fifths and a sixth. Mm -hmm. And so the the middle of that draft, the kind of meaty underbelly of the draft is where they're going to have to make their hay. But – because you got multiple all-star games, you know, we, we don't normally see the East-West in the same week as the Senior Bowl. So it, has that made the depth of the evaluation a little more difficult as far as you can tell? Yeah, I mean, I was originally going to try to go out to the East-West and catch a couple days of practice. I started looking at the crazy flight times. <laughs> you know, I'd be taking a red eye from Vegas to Mobile. I don't recommend that for anybody. But, yeah, so I had to bail on that, and I, I wish I could have gotten out there. It's it's very clear to me, a little side note, that the East-West, which is now backed by NFL money, I think is going to try to overtake the senior bowl as the premier all-star game. It's, it didn't happen oh. this year. It may not happen next year, but that's a little fun uh, inside baseball note that I think fans yeah. can, can maybe keep an eye on anyway. Uh, yeah, it, it's definitely made it a, a tougher week. Not everybody's down here. You know, staffs have had to split up their guys send you know, folks to the West coast and keep some here in mobile. And so, and we've only had a couple of call-ups, you know, usually you play well in the East-West. You get the promotion, you know, going from AAA to, to the big leagues or whatever. And uh, Sam Williams, the kid uh, from Ole Miss, and, and one other uh, call-up hasn't been happening. But, you know, it's it's tough. You know, I was talking about those flights, right? you got to get the player and his equipment in town, stat, overnight. On a, You know, it's a <laughs> – Mobile isn't exactly like O'Hare, you know what I mean? So it's <laughs> Not the busiest airport, so it definitely has has changed the uh, landscape for scouting a little bit. Right, no doubt. And and what these these all star games, these events, end up turning into, also from a coaching perspective, it ends up being a job interview. And I, I remember, like over the years past, you used to see a bunch of guys literally walking around with folders, like with their printed resumes yeah. in them and glad handed with different folks. I would imagine it's turned into more of a thumb drive or a flash drive situation these days maybe but is there any kind of you know hot news in the coaching circles as we're watching the bears making hires but are there any prominent names that you've noticed down there who are kind of you know doing the glad handing deal yeah no i the, the probably the biggest name not an nfl name per se but uh ed orgeron was at practice and he was hanging oh. out with his uh lsu guys so you know obviously i'm sure there's there's probably some business around town or whatnot maybe some discussions to be had in the in the college realm and uh 
yeah, I guess we all thought maybe there'd be some moving parts uh, with, with Harbaugh or something like that. I'm not saying he was going to Michigan, but, you know, there's obviously a lot of <laughs> – there's always a loose end or, or two in, in the college game at this time of year. But, yeah, that's probably the biggest name coaching-wise that I've seen as far as the, uh, you know, the unemployed go. There have been a few rumors about some possible moves happening, but nothing I can really, you know, say was certain or anything like that. But you're right. that This is a, this is an event where people come loaded with their uh, – their, 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 uh, their CVs and they're ready to go and, and shake as many hands as possible and hope for that next job. Now, are there any, like, dinosaurs that are still carrying around a folder with a bunch of printed resumes in them, or has that just gone the way of the dodo bird? That's the that's an indication that maybe it's time to get out of coaching, I think, right? I mean, these days, anyway. We don't even, we don't even get printed rosters. We had to, like, beg the PR people to get printed rosters really? with numbers on them. That's yeah. It's it's pulling teeth around here. I'm just I'm just venting for uh, you know, <laughs> right, right. From a purely selfish <laughs> perspective, no doubt. Of course. Uh, what what's the reaction been to to having you know the NFL assistant coaches actually running the show and doing that as as head coaches for the game during the week? So the the best uh, like visual of the week for me was Tuesday's practice. Deuce Staley, who is uh, who's running the the Detroit Lions. He's basically the Detroit Lions head coach this week. He's on Dan Campbell's staff. Campbell's taking a back seat, which is a cool thing, like you said. And I I think Ron Middleton is the is the OC for the Lions. I think he's their tight end coach. And so, but Deuce, you know, a lot of people remember him. He's a running back for the Eagles, and uh, you know, kind of a feisty guy. And he's been in coaching now for a minute. He calls out two players and says, all right, we're going mano-a-mano, one-on-one drills. He gets Johnson from uh, Florida State, who's probably been the best pass rusher, and he gets Darian Kennard from Kentucky, this sort of big, you know, country-strong, mauling guard. I mean, he just, you know, paves people uh, over in the run game and says, all right, you guys are going head-to-head. First rep, Johnson gets him bad, embarrasses him, puts him on his back. Next rep. The guard gets, you know, uh, uh, Kennard gets him, and then they, you know, he kind of battled them to a stalemate on the third one. So, you know, that was a cool little thing. I don't know that I've ever seen a senior bowl. You know, we have the one-on-one drills, but at the, yeah. this is at the end of practice. 90 guys <laughs> circling them around, like, tagging <laughs> them on, let's go, you know. So right. that was a fun little twist that Deuce got to throw in. All right, I like it. I like it. Well, we know you don't mind when the big guys mix it up. He's so appreciate you giving us yeah. the, the lay of the land on what's happening. A few name drops that the, the Bears fans can be looking for, man. Great stuff. I appreciate it, man. Thanks. All right, that is Eric at home of Yahoo Sports on Twitter at Eric underscore at home. So we went back to back to back. Uh, there, there was a, a late edition with one of the guests that I wasn't initially planning on having in the show. So I normally wouldn't book three guests in a two-hour show, but it's a lot of big news has been happening there, and I want you to hear from the experts who can help me describe what's going on, and one of them will be joining us next, specific to what I was discussing, what I'm sure many of you are aware of, with Brian Flores, former Miami Dolphins coach, who has now filed a class-action lawsuit against the National Football League Frankly, for a situation most of us are aware of, a lot of people are upset about, but what do you do about it? Brian Flores has said he's going the legal route. How does he go about making that work? Is there a plausible path towards that? 
going to discuss that with a legal expert next here on Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. I absolutely want to coach in this league, but I also know that this isn't... I'm not the only story here. Yeah. I'm not the only one with a story to You're tell. You're speaking up for decades I'm, of this I'm, going on this and is, hopefully stopping it from happening. Is, this is... You know, there are people who have come before me, and and and, and um, I know there are others who who have a, who have similar stories. And um, it's hard to speak out. Um, it is, you know, yeah. you're giving up, you're making some sacrifices. But this is again, this is bigger than football. This is bigger than coaching. That was the voice of Brian Flores, former Miami Dolphins head coach. Coached them to a nine and eight season, a winning record, and then the most uh, the most shocking name to hit the this coaching carousel cycle here was Brian Flores off the season that he led a Dolphins franchise to that I have been saying on this station and others for multiple seasons now that the Dolphins are trying to lose and it's really impressive that Brian Flores is still finding a way to win games while the Dolphins obviously would rather be losing and accumulating draft capital and the like. And now not only did they fire Brian Flores, but now it has led to the first class action lawsuit based off of hiring practices and what Brian Flores is alleging as discriminatory hiring practices by the National Football League. It's a problem that that so many of us have discussed in very public forums for years, and it's a big part of the reason the Rooney Rule was invented about 20 years ago when Johnny Cochran, famed attorney, threatened to sue the National Football League over unfair hiring practices, and then the Rooney Rule was instituted. Hadn't exactly led to the consistency of results that many folks, myself included, would hope for. But legally... What kind of a case does Brian Flores really have the potential to put together? I don't know. So reached out to a guy who was able to describe that in much more detail than I am. He joins me now on the Circle Resort and Casino in Las Vegas hotline, home of the world's largest sports book. You can find him on Twitter at Sports Law Lust. His name is Dan Lust, a sports attorney. You hear him on all kinds of platforms, television, radio, all over the place. Also a host of the Conduct Detrimental Podcast. Dan, how you doing this evening? I'm good, Anthony, uh, and and I'm uh, I'm with you. I mean, I, I think it's an important conversation we're having now, just like Johnny Cochran did 20 years ago. Um, but I think it's time to reevaluate whether the Rooney Rule is helping and whether more can be done. But I think that's what really Brian Flores is trying to get to the, the heart of here. And uh, yeah, I'm certainly uh, looking forward to unpacking it with you. Yeah, and that that's the thing because the it's one of these things, and I, you know, not just in sports, but sort of labor practices in general where to to see 
that the workforce doesn't necessarily mirror management. That's not the shocking part, but just in, in the years, the history of the National Football League and seeing that there's only been 20 black head football coaches, uh, I'm wondering how much of this as you've been able to go through uh, what, what Brian Flores is alleging and what's within the this criminal case, how does he he and his legal team, how do they try to go about it? Is this do you take this as more of a scare tactic with the NFL or do you believe that there there's a legal case for them to truly try and make here? So there's an expression that that lawyers say, right? It's not what you know. It's what you can prove what we know. Right. And the numbers, right. Uh, numbers never lie. There's currently one NFL head coach that's African-American, six general managers that are African-American out of, out of 32, and zero owners. So if the NFL is making this platform that, hey, we're promoting diversity, what we know is that they're really not doing a good job at it. Now, what you know, Brian Flores kind of has to prove, that's the point of this case. Brian Flores is going to be the lead plaintiff in a class action lawsuit. There probably will be other plaintiffs that join him, be it, um, and I'm not, this is just me talking about people that have spoke positively about uh, Brian Flores in the last 24 hours. Q Jackson, right, a former NFL head coach. Marvin Lewis kind of, you know, spoke about this. So these are people, uh, Jim Caldwell, who might join this case. But for right now, it's Brian Flores. And the burden is going to be on the plaintiffs to show beyond a preponderance of the evidence that not just that this thing happened and it's not good, that this thing happened because of some illicit purpose, because of racial discrimination. So, you know, at the heart of this case, and you ask me, you know, will he be able to, to prove it or is it a scare tactic? The short answer is, like, we, we don't really know yet. But on the other end of discovery, which is a fancy way of saying depositions and getting emails and text messages, what I think Brian Flores is saying, like, what happened to me didn't really make sense. And I'm sure, Anthony, we're going to un- unpack it a little bit. But, like, you know, what's on the other end of this? Because when we poked around the Washington football team, we found these really ugly John Gruden emails. And I think Brian Flores wants to see what's on the other end. His whole case is really resting on one text message from, from Bill Belichick, which is a loaded text message. But I, I think I think for good faith, right, I think Flores says I have a good faith basis to go into discovery, take depositions. I want to see, if nothing is going on here, how we keep getting to, to know African-American head coaches. How, how does that keep happening over and over? And I think, I think a judge is going to say he has enough to get into that level of discovery and and that's really where things start to get interesting. Is there a precedent that you are aware of in in other industries where, you know, because it's, you know, hiring in general, there, there's so many statistics about, you know, hiring practices if there aren't, you know, sort of uh, affirmative action types of systems in place, then, you know, we've just seen historically in a variety of industries where people in management tend to hire those who, who look like them, similar backgrounds they're comfortable with and those types of things. Is, is there precedent for, for where Brian Flores could look to make his case that perhaps feels a little less subjective? Because when it comes down to it, whether or not you think that's the best person for the job is a very subjective thing. I mean, it's, we're, we're kind of in shades of gray, right? Um, I, I don't know, and, and we'll see what's on the other end of this. Right. Maybe these owners are thinking they're making these subjective decisions and maybe, right, um, Brian Flores and, and his lawyers will get a hold of these type of emails and they'll look at them and they'll see them a different way. Right. That these are not subjective decisions. This shows a pattern of illicit practices in the NFL that for some reason, right, has resulted that despite the Rooney rule being passed in, in 2003, you know, we're in 2022 and Mike Tomlin is the only African-American head coach. You know, <laughs> it's important, Anthony, to, to point out, like, 
this is not this is an initiative that the NFL created. And I think Brian Flores, I think his his lawsuit, the complaint, artfully said it. it the Rooney Rule was well intentioned, but it's not doing enough. And now what he's saying is that the the teams have kind of found ways to manipulate the Rooney Rule and used it just to check boxes. And now it's doing nothing. So if you are manipulating the Rooney Rule in a, in a way that shows some form of discrimination, that's a completely different story. So, yeah, I mean, in terms of change, uh, the court is not going to tell the NFL, right? It's a private business. The court's not going to say, hey, this is the best way to run your business. What it's going to potentially do is strike down things that the, um, the NFL has done uh, and basically, you know, put the mirror back at the NFL and say, hey, do you guys care about solving this issue? The mirror is on you. You guys can figure it out. Come up with a new version of the rule. Um, but what, what's happening in your league systematically, right? They might, a court might say this seems to uh, resemble something that could be some type of a racial discrimination claim. So, I mean, again, we're so early in the case. There's no discovery, nothing like that. But, you know, that's, that's the best case scenario for Brian Flores and his lawyers. that They get into discovery uh, and they can make out a case like that. Dan Lust is a sports law professor at New York Law School. He's also become a media personality just in describing and breaking these things down. He hosts the Conduct Detrimental podcast, and you can find him on Twitter at Sports Law Lust. Um, the, the way that Brian Flores has, has sort of gone about this, uh, I'm, I'm getting the impression that, uh, I don't know if the, you know, the final straw would be the proper term, but, but that this has perhaps been building in some way for, for a bit of a period of time, not just with the Bill Belichick text message, but it seems that he and, and the legal team representing him right now at least have between, you know, the 58 page document that's been presented that they've been collecting some information up to this point. Uh, is there aside from just settling, I'm wondering if, you know, legally, like if you know, let's say for example, if the alleged $100,000, I guess I'll call it a bribe <laughs> that that uh, Stephen Ross, the owner of the Dolphins, was saying he would pay him additional money to lose games as opposed to winning them. If something like that is is proved out, then it, who 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 is at fault for that? Who does who does Stephen Ross answer to? Does he answer to the NFL? Does he answer to Brian Flores' legal team? Like, if that ends up being the case, that from a competitive perspective, it's an awful thing. But who does he have to answer to for that? So I guess I guess where I should start, um, Flores's lawyers put that in the lawsuit. But if you if you ask me, if you showed me a check that said, you know, it's on Stephen Ross's letterhead and it says one hundred thousand dollars to Brian Flores and it says for the week two loss. Right. I think they opened up that 2019 season like oh and seven or something like that. Right. If you showed me that evidence and that's the smoking gun, I'd say, great. It still doesn't prove your case. How does this show there's some type of racial discrimination, either positively or negatively? So what Flores' legal team did, I, you know, I, I understand why they did it. I don't really think it has anything to do with the case, where the pure causes of action in that case are a federal you know, racial discrimination case, a state, and a city one. It has nothing to do with, like, I don't know, a, a bribe. And I, and I think the way you described it is right. It, it is a bribe. I, I mean, I don't know what other way to put it. Um, but there is, uh, you know, federal criminal statutes that this might fall under. Um, you know, some that are being pointed out say even the offering of this type of a, you know, quote unquote bribe could result in criminal charges for Ross. And you know, we, I'm sure we all take part in, in making these jokes online, like when your your sports team, you know, is not playing that well in your town, be it like Dan Snyder and Washington football team, or where I'm from in New York, you know, the Knicks have been horrendous for for you know 20 years. Um, people say, let's kick out the owner, right? They're, they're incompetent. Mm -hmm. This might be the type of allegation 
we're if established, and it's never happened in sports. An owner has never been accused of this. Pete Rose was accused of this. Players have been accused of this. An owner has never been. If established, I have to think this is number one in line for this person should not have a team. And it might force Goodell's hand to actually do something different than Bob Kraft with his you know, issues with the, the prostitution allegations. This speaks directly to the integrity of the sport. And if you don't have an owner lose their team for something like this, why even have those type of rules in, in the NFL Constitution, right? This is what it would exist for. Does the NFL have to be EEOC compliant? I, I'm, I haven't looked into that myself yet, but it feels like, you know, if you're if you're a National Football League, you say you're about diversity. I mean, a, a major corporation, one of the biggest entities and most lucrative entities on planet Earth, they would need to be viewed as an equal opportunity employer, would they not? You know, I think to some extent, too, but it's, it's really the optics, right? And that's, that's why I think your, your point about Flores is, is kind of like well-served. Like, I don't know. At, at a certain point, we could say the Rooney Rule was well-intentioned. And, you know, we, we, the, the general managers at the head coaching level. But I don't know. I, I, I see all these initiatives that the NFL is doing. And at the end of the day, again, it's what you know versus what you can prove. Whatever initiative the NFL is doing, they're not working. So, you know, it, it's an optic standpoint. Somebody asked me, and Anthony, as you know, I'm making the rounds in media today. Mm. Somebody asked me an interesting question. What side would I rather be on, uh, you know, if I wanted to pick a winning side here or just the you know, optic side, uh, the Flores side or the NFL side? And I said the Flores side 100 times out of 100. And he's like, why? And I'm like, the NFL is in a lose-lose situation. Either they win the lawsuit, which they might, right? I, I think they're, we don't know if, if Flores is going to find uh, the discovery he's looking for. They might win it. But they're still going to lose on the optic side because Flores is still putting a bright spotlight on an issue the NFL is having, similar to Colin Kaepernick. That Kaepernick didn't win his case, right? He settled. We don't, we don't really know what happened. Um, but the NFL had to enact change. And then, you know, in the last two years, we see people like Patrick Mahomes and every player dealing. So Kaepernick enacted change. So, yeah, I think the NFL is going to have to look in the mirror, um, whether the EOC is compliant or not. Uh, you know, uh, we're all talking about this, right? Tom Brady retired 24 hours ago. No one cares. They're, they're talking about this story. And that's problematic when you're 10 days away from the Super Bowl, that that's all people are talking about. Without a doubt, I think that's a, that's an outstanding point just optically. Um, and to, to sort of play off of the, the question you referenced there as far as which side to, to be on at this point is how, how do things time up? From, from this moment forward? You, you reference discovery and there, there are initial steps even to go through before you get to the point of, of having to force discovery, right? And then once discovery happens, then you're, you know, you're, you're getting people in behind closed doors and, and sort of, you know, questioning them in that session before you ever get in, in front of a jury. Like how long could this potentially play out? So we, we have a similar case um, in terms of time frame. The John Gruden case, which is a case that I've, I've spent a lot of time with John Gruden suing the NFL for allegedly leaking those emails. Uh, and then at the same sense, and uh, we have Washington football team tomorrow. There's going to be a congressional roundtable. They want to know what's in the emails. So there's a lot of different ways to get these emails, right? Uh, they're going to come out from one of these three levels. Now, the next step, because we just saw it happen in the Gruden case, no lawsuit with the uh, Washington football team. Well, Washington Commanders, I guess. I guess I have to start calling them. Yeah, right. Calling them that. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it, the NFL is going to file what's called a motion to dismiss. They kick the case out before any discovery occurs. Um, don't, no one should read into that. The NFL is scared of discovery. They always do that because why not, right? The home run swing gets the case knocked out on day one. And sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. But they always do that. 
And what they did in the Gruden case, which they don't always do, is they tried to move the case to arbitration. Gruden, right, was a head coach. And under his uh, employment contract, if you have a dispute with the team with regard to your firings and hirings, uh, it should be sent to arbitration. Uh, They're going to do that here. It's going to be a little bit of a trickier issue because, you know, this systemic practice of racial hiring and firing, I'm not sure if that's a pure coaching issue as it is with Gruden. Gruden was fired, you know, um, but that's that's only really a small portion of Flores' claim. So, yeah, that's the NFL's next step, move to dismiss, move it to arbitration. And then if it survives that, um, and it, it would survive if the court thinks that there's enough of a colorable case here that, you know, Flores is getting somewhere. He has a real legitimate, plausible claim here. He just needs a chance to conduct discovery, which, you ask me, I think he, I think it's there, right? We're talking about all those numbers, uh, you know, the 1 in 32, 6 in 32. Um, I, I think the NFL is going to move to dismiss, but I think we do get into discovery. And, and again, I, I think that's where it gets really, really interesting. The, uh, the way that the but I feel like, you know, as a layman like myself, I always hear you lawyers talking about precedent that, that's been set from, from prior cases that may relate to this current case that's being filed. Is, is there a precedent that you're aware of that would benefit either side, the, the Brian Flores side or the NFL side for a case similar to this situation? I mean, the, the one that comes to mind, I mean, for better or for worse, I, I keep thinking of Colin Kaepernick and not, not the, I mean, part of it is because Colin Kaepernick's reference in the complaint. Um, there's no real precedent for this. And, and the one, I mean, we, we didn't talk about it, but like, I don't know, the, the, the most surprising thing about all of this, and the reason I, I'm going to tell you it's probably unprecedented from a uh, legal standpoint or maybe from a football standpoint, like Brian Flores is still interviewing for the Texans right. job and for the Saints job. So I went on social media today and I, and I said, I go, I don't know what the strategic basis was for filing the lawsuit on a Monday. Like, why wouldn't you just wait? Maybe if you got the Saints job, which is a great job, right? Like, I don't know. Everyone wants to have the Saints, the Saints job. Um, maybe you reconsider your platform. Or maybe, alternatively, let's say in this world, um, he doesn't get the Saints job or the Texans job or the, or the Vikings job, which I think is, is close to being filled. Um, then all of a sudden, your lawsuit has that much more power, right? I didn't get the Giants job which I'm going up against Dayball. Maybe that's a 50-50. He's, you know, the hot coaching name. But how did I not get the Texans job? The Texans are terrible. Nobody wants that job. Um, <laughs> but but I, I, I put that out there, and I said, that's, that's an interesting scenario. Why, did, why didn't, you know, just wait? And then, uh, I, I, you know, I, I always listen to people on Twitter. I listen, I read my replies. I, I try to get understanding. I think people are pointing out that now – all of the pressure is on these teams. It's putting even more exponential pressure on the Texans, on the Saints. And I don't know if, if the point was to kind of send a message, right, and get everyone paying attention and say, hey, this guy cares so much about this cause. He's willing to torpedo his career, torpedo a job that he was supposed to land with the Houston Texans because he wants to file this lawsuit. So you asked me about precedent. I don't think this case has any precedent. I've, I've never heard of it. But then again, Anthony, Colin Kaepernick sued the NFL, never played again. Kurt Flood, way back when, sued Major League Baseball, never played again. Um, there's also that end of it. So I think some precedent's going to be set here, uh, and hopefully it's good precedent. You can sue the league, but you don't have to get blackballed from the league. I mean, that's hmm. a glass half full guy. I'm, I'm hoping that can happen here, but certainly uh, Flores is applying the pressure here to, to make that a reality. 
Yeah, fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. That, that would be nice because he's definitely shown himself as a young and talented coach, and you know, in, in and successful to, and successful. Right. Let's let's. Uh, he's done very well, right? <laughs> and uh, I think in in addition to the the losing of this job, the potential for the other one, the the notion that he shouldn't have lost the job in the first place is probably part of the the motivation there as well. Uh, it's gonna be. It's going to be convoluted. There's no doubt about that. I know you will be keeping track of it as well as anyone can do. And so I'll probably be calling on you again, whether on this platform or on, on some other one, Dan. I always appreciate your counsel. You throw up the bat signal, I'll, I'll be there. <laughs> I appreciate you. That is Dan Lust. He is a sports attorney and also a sports law professor at New York Law School, a man who knows this stuff as well as anyone, certainly much better than me, and that's not saying too much. Uh, so, yeah, guest heavy, but definitely wanted to get a lot of those things in from people who are out there and in the know. You can find Dan on Twitter at Sports Law Lust. He joined me on the Circle Resort and Casino in Las Vegas hotline. Uh, I do have a question, uh, some advice that I'll be looking for. So I'm going to spend the final segment trying to figure something out, and I, I haven't had a lot of success with that it relates to queso dip i've man i have been just craving good meaty queso dip and for whatever reason i just have not been able to come up with it man i don't know why i don't i mean the city of chicago there's got to be just some good meaty queso dip somewhere and every time these last few football weekends i've been in search and i've been unimpressed I don't know if I'm alone or what, but I'm just going to spend a few minutes with you folks just trying to just help me out, man. Who's got the good queso? You can go ahead. You can give me a call if you want to. 312-644-6767-312-644-6767. This coming weekend, you know, we'll just have all-star games and whatnot to check out from a football perspective. But then we will also, the following weekend, of course, have the Super Bowl, and I got to have my queso game right because I'm not a big queso guy other parts of the year. But when it comes to football, I'm either making some at home or I'm going out and getting it from elsewhere. Help me out. I need my queso game stepped up. We'll do that next here on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. We have been covering a lot of topics in just two hours. It has been a busy two hours and a bunch of guests on there too. So I've been scrambling a little bit, just trying to get everything in to squeeze it all in here as much as I can. Been folks on the Tech Zone as well. Tech Zone brought to you by Rosen Hyundai of Algonquin. Save time. Shop online at rosenhyundai.com. So I work a few of those in and also I did put it out there. So if you want to hit up the Tech Zone on Good spots for queso dip, and and preferably like I'm not just talking about you know flavorful cheese, but but something that's got some meat to it. Like I, I want either some ground beef, some chicken, something with some good, you know, some heft to the chips that I can use also, or if it's bread, perhaps whatever. But we got some calls on the line to get into that. But for, for a moment, I'm gonna uh, just check out some things on the text line here as well. Uh, from the 773 from earlier in the show, I looked up during round one of the NFL playoffs. No black coaches, no black GMs, no black officials, no black announcers, mostly black players, WTF. Okay, that, that's one observation out there, no doubt about it. Also from a, a different 773, Brian Flores is an American hero. Uh, different 773 uh, asking to play the Jimmy the Greek quote because uh, if you missed it earlier in the show, uh, had Brian play the, the Al Campanis uh, interview with Ted Koppel from back in 1987, so we got into that a little bit. Uh, a lot of 773s up here tonight. Uh, top Bowles, Leslie Frazier, and other candidates, former black QBs, are all top-tier candidates. Would have chosen Bowles or Frazier 
because of or would not have chosen uh, Bowles or Frazier because of their previous failures. But Caldwell was successful. Uh, actually, in eight four seven, just talking about uh, as I was describing the Bears structurally and, and what made change there. Uh, someone uh, from the eight four seven saying that from their understanding, uh, from some inside dope, some inside scoop, that the Bears will be having uh, different individuals overseeing strength and conditioning and nutrition for the team. So that's apparently, according to the eight four seven, going to be boned up a little bit over there at Hallis Hall. So something to look forward to. That that's what I have my eyes trained on, specific to the Bears, is just the infrastructure of the team, how the day-to-day operations be different, be improved just to make sure that development, that oversight, will things won't fall through the cracks in the way that it seems like they have been here as of late. Uh, I did ask for some advice on uh, on queso dip, though, because of my, my sports viewing habits. And, and Brandon Fryer, before I go out to the phone line, I'm curious from your perspective, when you sit out and watch a game, because for whatever reason, here towards the end of the NFL regular season as my college schedule was over, so I was able to just sort of sit down and comfortably watch a little more football and just enjoy it. And then once the Bears season ended, then I was really able to just kind of sit back and enjoy games. And, you know, I normally don't eat when I'm watching football because I'm normally just uh, taking notes and having to do that to be prepared to go on the air. What do you normally enjoy to eat when you're watching games, Brandon? It's, it's always wings, man. I, lo- I love me some okay. Harold's all the all time, right. now sauce. I know I'm probably fitting the stereotype. We've been talking about stereotypes. Yes, we talked stereotypes earlier in the show. You're I feeding love, right into it. I love me some Harold's. I can't get enough of Harold's. Just extra mouth sauce, fried hard. Ah, oh, man. Okay. All right. I, I got no issues with that. Well, let's go out to the hotline here. And uh, our listener line is... Uh, the score listener line powered by BetQL. Bet smarter and beat the books. Download the BetQL app today or visit BetQL.com. We got Matthew who's on the north side with apparently some suggestions for where I can find some good queso dip. Matthew, what you got? What's up, big man? How you doing, man? What's happening, man? I'm doing great. Straight up, man. I got to put you on real quick. Have you ever heard of queso fundido? It's, the, um, it's a Mexican appetizer, but you can get it as like a main course, too. But it's uh it's the Chihuahua cheese with some chorizo in there. They grill it up and they make it into a nice little uh, skillet for you. So you might have to put that on your little uh, Super Bowl list. It's a nice crowd pleaser. It's uh it's one to check out. Now the the Chihuahua cheese remind me is that the cheese? It's not like a, a pure kind of yellow look to it. It's almost more orangey with the Chihuahua cheese. Yeah, it started like it like the brick. It starts with like a brick, and then they put it in the uh, they put it on the black iron skillet, and then they put underneath the uh, the broiler and broil it down for you. So it become kind of like stringy, but it's melted at the same time. So you can put that on tortillas, tostadas, chips, whatever you got on deck. You feel me? Now, what do you norm? Do you normally do ground beef? Do you do chicken? You do like some chorizo? What What are you normally putting on your queso fondito? Yeah, we get the stick of chorizo, grilling it up a little bit, just let it uh, simmer down. You get that, uh, you get the fat going from the pan, and just throw that on top. However much you want, big man, you can take two sticks, whatever you need. You know. All right, I'm I'm a, I'm, I'm gonna write that down. I'm gonna make sure because it, it's a possibility in in my head. And I appreciate you, Matthew. In my head, what I've really had in mind is just to go out to like a restaurant, just get something. But I've been looking around, you know, a few different spots downtown here over the last what maybe three weeks. See, the last three weekends, I've tried different places. I got to admit, man, I just haven't been impressed with anything yet. I'm going to keep trying, though. We're going to see if we can come up with something because when when I'm actually out and just, like, enjoying the food at the restaurant, I'm not too worried about the dip. Dip is really just an at-home thing. Like, I'll, I'll eat it at a restaurant, but I'm not really craving it. 
just as some kind of little, you know, side dish, side piece, appetizer. I don't mind it at a restaurant. But when I'm home and I'm watching football, and usually for the Super Bowl, when I'm actually cooking at home when I watch the Super Bowl, sometimes I'll make sliders. I have made my own, like, cheese dips or queso dips just with some ground beef or some shredded chicken or or something like that because, of course, as we all know, I'm a carnivore. Um, But I just have, when I've been attempting here lately, because, you know, we've got the four-year-old now, he usually doesn't, he gets a little little handsy. He comes over there trying to tackle me while I'm cooking or something like that pretty frequently. So it's hard to do to take the time available to kind of slow cook the cheese, melt that up, get the ground beef going and do the different things, mixing it with the salsa, all that stuff that's involved in it. Now, he does go to a little hippie school uh, in the city here, and they allow him to, to slice some vegetables. So maybe I'll just involve him in the process. Maybe that's what I need to do. Because I really got to figure this out. I'm assuming there's got to be a place. And I, I see some of the suggestions coming in on the text line, 312-644-6767. Yeah, actually, someone else also talking about the queso fundido, the 847, Tra queso fundido, uh, Mexican ocacha cheese stringy. Okay, yep, add some chorizo, no doubt about that. Uh, and every time I get a breakfast burrito, I'm in a very big chorizo phase right now. If I'm at an airport somewhere and I, I, get, I get a breakfast burrito, I have them scramble up some eggs, and I usually go with the chorizo as the, the meat that's associated with it. Uh, let's see. Chihuahua cheese is basically Mexican mozzarella, according to the, the 708. It's not a crumble one like a, like a fresco, apparently, according to the 708. Let me some good suggestions is the thing here because I, I got to make sure – I got this right. I haven't really consulted with the wife yet about how exactly, you know, what our setup will look like for the the Super Sunday, for the the big game or whatever we got to call it in different places. This isn't an advertisement, though, so I'm sure I can use the word, the term Super Bowl. But whatever our setup is, that there will be dip involved, whether that is just of the straight cheese variety. My hope is that it's going to be a cheesy, carnivorous dip. Some combination of cheese and meat and something I can dip some very hefty chips into and enjoy in that capacity. So that's my goal. So I appreciate some of the suggestions that came in here uh, just to try and get me right uh, on how, how I may go about that. I'll make sure queso fondito is what I'm going to I'm going to I'm making that note. I'm going to put this in my notes app on my phone, just like Herb Lawrence did uh, when he was telling folks that he was getting ready to get up out of here. I got to make sure Herb is going to break that news um, that I'm aware and available in a timely manner when Herbert's going to tell folks what his next steps are. Looking forward to that. But yes, my notes app, Queso Fundido, and I appreciate the 847 spelling that out for me so I didn't mess that up in my phone. Also appreciate the guests who joined me on the show tonight. We had Adam Johns on to talk some bears. Had Eric Edholm talking about the Senior Bowl and some of the prospects out there showing out. Also had Dan Lust talking some sports law related to the Brian Flores circumstances and suing the National Football League. Appreciate Brandon Fryer grabbing the sound. There was some other stuff I was planning on getting in, and then we didn't get it because we ended up adding a guest at the last moment also. But it all worked out to the good. Appreciate you for listening in as well to the two hours that we jam-packed a lot of different sports info in there. You can be sure because we kind of led with the Blackhawks stuff and Rocky Wirtz, and he's been trending on Twitter uh, vociferously for the last couple of hours here, and I don't see that ending anytime soon. Be sure that on Score Overnights with Mark Grody and all throughout the day tomorrow, you're going to hear plenty of that 
going on from uh, from Rocky Wirtz. Uh, if there is a worse term than sticking your foot in your mouth, that is definitely what he was doing over there at this roundtable deal. So make sure you check it out on the score. I'll be on with Dan Bernstein. And congratulations, by the way, I haven't said it publicly yet, to Layla Rahimi being over there covering the, the uh, Olympic hockey uh, festivities that are going on over there in China. So best of luck to her. I think she's going to be on the air in the next few hours here as things are, are getting ready to hit the ice. So congratulations to her for getting that gig yet again. I'm sure she will do outstanding work. You all have been outstanding as texters and listeners and everything else. Appreciations, salutations. Thank you much for listening in to Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.